And welcome back to Any Given Thursday and a very special edition of the pod. Because very today special. we're doing the Europa League group stage of Palooza. Whoa. Whoa! Oh my gosh! That's oh so exciting! It's, it's, what are we? What is that? What is it? What is that? What are we doing? We're gonna talk about every group of the upcoming Europa League competition. We're gonna go every through, team. Yeah, we're gonna talk about every, every team in those Every single groups. fucking team. Thirty-two teams. It's gonna be a longer episode, it'll probably be a very long episode. But it'll also. Probably be one of the most interesting ones I think we've done so far. I think it's going to be the most interesting. I think it's going to smash. Yeah. I think this, if you're listening to this, this, this is smashing. Get ready. So, yeah. Buckle up. Buckle up. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, because the very first group we're talking about is group A, group A. Group A for Arsenal? Uh, I suppose. I mean, I guess they are in this group, so. We have Arsenal, we have PSV, we have Glimt, and we have Zurich. We have uh, two champions of leagues last year in Zurich and Bodo Glimt, uh, a runner-up in PSV, and also Arsenal. Arsenal are there as well. Arsenal are also there. Right. I don't care if they're 5-for-5 five five in the league so far. They've played easy team. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, and should we start out uh, just talking about Arsenal? Yeah, yeah. Just I guess because they're the, the pot one team, so far. Pot fun. one team, first alphabetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be our reasoning. So look, let's talk about Arsenal if we must. Max has um, strong opinions. They look good. Okay, I admit it. They look pretty good, uh, and they're definitely one of the favorites. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. They're gonna be good. Uh, you know, they got Gabriel Jesus. Uh, he's been good. He's been scoring goals. Um. They got Zinchenko also, because they're just taking City cast-offs at this point. Um, he's also been good. Uh, Fabio Vieira from Porto. Um, he and Zinchenko cost like 38-plus million. We're also, when we talk about numbers here on this pod, we're going to be talking in dollars, just because we're in the U.S., it's easier for us to, you know, once we if we start translating, it gets complicated. And then there's exchange rates. And right. Are we talking euros? So most pounds, of what well, most of the information we're getting there is from gonna be, at least from for me my size is gonna be from Transfermarkt, and they in the U.S. website will have dollars. Um, sometimes when I, I go on FotMob for advanced stats and stuff, which is a great website by the way, check it out. Um, but they're in euro, so that starts getting. Sometimes things are in pounds when they're reported. So we're just gonna be talking in dollars. It's gonna be easier. They paid fifty-seven million dollars for Jesus, 38 plus for Zinchenko and Vieira, um, which is no small chunks, uh, mm. especially because they spent 150 last summer. Although, compare those to some of the other prices that Premier League teams have thrown around, mm. and all those look like pretty good deals for those players, And yeah. compared to the broader spending that the league has been doing this summer. Yeah, 57 for Jesus seems kind of reasonable, reasonable. Yeah, like especially in the league. Um I know he kind of wanted to leave. Um, they also got a Brazilian kid from Sao Paulo that seems like a project. His name is Marquinhos. There are so many Marquinhoses. There are so we're gonna touch on more as we yeah. go about. Um, they they you know outgoings. They loaned Pepe to Nice, um, which is cool for Nice, but what a failure that transfer was. I think they paid seventy plus for him when he arrived. He was their highest signing at the time. Yeah, I don't. Might I still think be. he still is. He yeah. might still be. That's rough. Uh, Leno, Burnt Leno, the out-of-favor goalkeeper, mm-hmm. starter of years prior, has moved to Fulham. Um, and uh, Pablo Mari, loaned to Monza. Um, Nuno Tavares, loaned to Marseille. Uh, Guendouzi was officially sold to Marseille after being loaned last year, and Lacazette was sold to Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, do want to say something about Leno and Lacazette, stand yeah. up for them a little bit, because I've sure. seen a lot of people... Lacazette kinda, was a fine player. Yeah, them. I've seen a lot of people kind of trashing them on the way mm-hmm. out, because recently they have been very poor, but both those signings had at least a period of time where they were good Arsenal players, and I mm-hmm. think we need to give them their due yeah. a little bit. It was like it, time yeah. to move on. It was time to move on. It didn't work out in the long run, but you did get a short-term benefit from having both those guys on the team. So Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend all day on Arsenal because they, they're good, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to win the group. Do you have anything to say about them? It's a uh, tough, uh, it's a pretty tough group for them, though. It is. PSV are really good competition. Really Bodo Glimt, we know, can upset probably anybody in the tournament. They've 
destroyed Rome in a game last year, so they can clearly play with teams of this quality. Zurich are there as well. Um, yep. But you talked about them being the favorites. I was looking at the 538 who uh-huh. do their predictions, and their predictions are not always the best because they use data. Like It's a purely data-driven works prediction. works better in other sports, it like works basketball better. and baseball. Yes, where the scores get a little higher and the actions are more repetitive right. than in soccer. Um, also because their data is still coming mostly from last season, so it's hard to account for transfers and play style changes. But they have Arsenal as the favorite. And you know who's second right now? PSV. PSV are second. So it's the two favorites, according to 538, are both in this group, which cool. is a pretty interesting... Well, that's that's a good transition. Let's talk about PSV a little bit. Yeah, they've had um, a very busy summer, haven't they? They had a little bit of a heartbreak with, uh, with Rangers in the Champions League, uh, the tournament that shall not be named. Um, they had the advantage going uh going into the home leg and uh or i think it was a draw they got at ibrox which you know ibrox has been such a tough place to go recently in europe but they gave up a really sloppy uh goal with a mistake from the back and couldn't find the net crashed into the europa league groups even though they probably deserve to be in the champions league this year because they've been really good so far Mm -hmm. um um so maybe that'll be weighing heavy on them, but you know, they seem to have held hold hold got. <laughs> they seem to have uh, held on to Cody Gakpo, uh, their young star. Um, he would have been a huge loss. He was a like you know kind of their one of their focal points. Uh, he already has three goals and three assists in his first three league games this year, um, and. I don't know. You know, he's not... I think there's a little bit of a misconception about him being, like... Some transcendent player. He's not Anthony. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like him, and he's a good player, but I don't think... He's not, like, the future of the Dutch front line. I don't think. Yeah, and we've seen him go... I don't want to say go missing, because even in games where he plays poorly, the ball still gets shuffled to him a lot, but he has some games where he just loses the ball a lot, makes bad passes, is overplaying and taking bad shots as well and being a little too assertive and we saw that especially against rangers i thought in both legs he was not super impressive and the ball would get to him and just kind of die a little bit and he would over dribble and then send in a bad cross or selfishly go for goal and not that i saw a ton of the dutch league last year but from what i've heard from people who have he did go missing a lot of times against Ajax and Feyenoord in some of the bigger matchups. So Rangers? Rang- yeah, like I said, his was not good against Rangers. So I do think there's some questions as to whether he'll be able to perform against teams like Arsenal. But he should still be a player who can make a huge difference when you're going up against Europa League quality teams. And I think the moves to teams like Leeds probably would have been a really good level for him to play at and develop at. Especially in a PSV system like... like- like the Red Bull system like that, I think would have been really fun. Yeah. Um, but PSV's also really good at developing players, to, and he could take yeah. that next step. And for for our sake and the sake of, you know, non-top league teams competing at this level, I'm glad he stayed. Another one um, that has been that has flirted with the Premier League is uh, Ibrahim Sangare, their talismanic defensive midfielder, the 24-year-old Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire in... Um, has been linked with Chelsea multiple times, as well as others, even as recently as, like, yesterday. Um, I think he's going to stay, um, but that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, Sirius, please stop moving in front of the microphone. Um, but one thing we should talk about anytime we talk about a Dutch, a fun Dutch team, or the Dutch league, are all the fun young players they have. Ugh. Much like the French league, um... So one fun guy, nineteen-year-old Javi Simons. I Dutch love soon to be Javi Dutch Simons. international, Dutch youth international. Yeah. He's kind of an FM wonderkind. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I know how I I've, first found out about him when yeah. he was like sixteen or seventeen. Right. I've definitely, I've definitely signed him. Uh, <laughs> Many for, times. I think with my Frankfurt saved, I like immediately signed him. Um, he's already got four goals and two assists this season in the league, mm-hmm. so he's off to a bit of a flying start. Um, and he should be a really... I don't know if he'll start every game, but he's, like, kind of a great impact sub. 
like the perfect guy to bring yeah, off the he bench came right on now. on against Rangers at halftime, and I thought totally. Yeah. I don't want to say change the game because they still lost mm-hmm. the game, but I thought he became PSV's best player in the second half. He is a great passer. He has a bit of a nose for a goal. He can do a bit of everything in the midfield. I do. There have been questions raised about his mentality, which started at Barcelona and then he went to was it Leipzig in oh, Germany, right. I believe, and both times he's fallen down the pecking order and been kind of pushed out of the club. And to be fair, he's still only 19, though. Yeah, as long as I'm... And yeah. I think this is a good level for him right now. And I think he... I would expect him to cause a lot of trouble for the Bodos and the Zurichs of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't Leipzig, it was PSG. I PSG. don't know what, It yeah. was Moriba was the one who went from La Liga to the okay. league. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, there's been question marks about his mentality. But I think at PSV, he should be playing most games. Yeah. And that might be the key to kind of him clicking and finding yeah. his form and, and I think this is a ability. this is a good level to be at when you're that age too. Mm-hmm. Somewhere you can, you can compete at the top level of Europe but um, the pressure is a little different in the league to perform week in and week out. Um, so uh, another good player center mid Joey Behrman 23 year old um, I could see him moving somewhere in the next couple of seasons uh, sort of a sneaky good signing in a bigger team. Uh, Noni Madweke Supposed to be super talented. He's a kid. Um, other players, uh, they have a goalkeeper named Boy. That's fun. That's, that's just that's just good fun. old fashioned fun. That's just good content. Um, he doesn't really play. Uh, Spurs legend Carlos Vinicius. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one year of backing up Harry Kane, badly fame, and the legend, the Barcelona legend, the Sevilla legend. Actually, though, Luke De Jong, the prodigal son. Returns, returns to PSV to the Netherlands. Um, he scored a really big goal against Monaco, the one that sent them through to the last qualifying round in the Champions League against Rangers. Um, obviously, his most famous accomplishment is scoring the Europa League winning goal for Sevilla a couple of seasons ago. Um, he starts a lot in that number nine position, just getting his big old head on shit. Um, so look out for that. Yeah, I think the combination of him and Gakpo, who can put in some really good crosses, mm-hmm. should be very dangerous and could yeah and we know they can score they're off to a really good start in the league they have they scored like a million goals so far it's also just the veteran leadership of having a player like luke de jong with so many young players a guy who's won at high levels with sevilla and played for barcelona mm-hmm. even if barcelona fans weren't super happy about that yeah but he still got into that level and can help these guys develop a lot right. too would you like to know how many goals psv have scored in their first four league games i'm assuming a lot more than First, how many games? Four. Four. Uh, twelve. That's more how many than, Ajax have scored. More than twelve. More than twelve. Fifteen. More than fifteen. Seventeen. More than seventeen. Twenty. More than twenty. No. More than twenty, because twenty only have uh, eight. That's a Dutch joke. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> 22 20... goals. They've scored 22 goals in four league games. They won 7-1 on the weekend. They beat Excelsior 6-1. I'm oh, sorry, 7-1 uh, yesterday at the time of recording, which was Wednesday. Um, yeah, they beat Excelsior on the weekend, 6-1. Um, they scored five against Go Ahead Eagles and four against FC Emin. So, wow. <laughs> plus, they scored five in the in the in the uh, their version of the Community Shield against Ajax, um, who did have a red card. But so, yeah. Wow. Goals. Yeah, they, expect uh, goals. That'll be fun to watch. Expect then. goals. Um, so let's talk about Bodo Glimt next. Um, I know everybody remembers them for their awesome run in the Conference League last year, beating Roma more than once, despite going out to them in the quarterfinals eventually. And finishing behind them in the groups, despite right. beating them in the groups. It's They did beat them. They did, uh, in four matches against Roma, they won two, drew one, and lost one. <laughs> so pretty good. And, yeah. uh, they won both of their legs at home. Um, so... However, they are a little bit different than last year. Um, they're not quite the force, I don't think, that we remember. They have been a little con- inconsistent in Europe, especially on the road, which we've talked about on the pod already. Um, you know, they've had some really bad results. They lost a key in a tight second leg that almost saw them crash out of the Champions League qualifying mm-hmm. in the first round. They lost to Linfield 1-0 in the first leg, which we covered. Um so road fixtures again you have to say 
something to look out for with them. They don't have to travel very far is the good news. Yep, Arsenal, PSV, Malm, or Zurich. Uh, Zurich. All pretty close. All pretty Ar- close London's yeah. the furthest they have to go. Um, so that could help, but, um, you know, those some of those could be tough for them. Um, but then again, the home fixtures will be tough for the other teams because it's every time somebody has to go way up north to Bodo, especially as we get further into the fall and the weather gets colder. Yeah, when PSV have to go up there in November, that could get spicy. will be rough for them. Uh, they won the last two uh, league titles in Norway. They're seven points behind Moldo with ten matches to go right now. Um, you know, so um, they're not... Just another example of them not being quite as strong. Uh, they lost defender Eric Bothheim, defensive mid Patrick Berg in January. Psych, Berg came back. Psych, Berg came back. So the Berg uh, came back. <laughs> so that's good. Um, yeah, he was. He didn't really play for. I think it was Mont. Yeah. Down in Ligue 1. he didn't really play, and they just brought him back for basically the exact same price they sold him for. Which they also brought back Loda, who left to join Schalke. It seems to be a bit of their transfer policy is to sell players and then just bring them just back. Bring them right <laughs> back. Uh, how gay's next? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean their thing is like building internally yes. um, with their really impressive youth setup. Um, they uh, uh, you have to say something. <laughs> Some of the people who I who I think are next up in that. In that list you just mentioned, midfielder Hugo Vetlison. Um, he's 22. He's got 10 goals, 13 assists this season. Very impressive. Uh, winger Ola Solbakin, who's 23. And Roma have been after him for a while since. Yeah. I think since the first time he was the one who carried Bodo Glimt in that first time they beat Roma. Right. Roma have been sniffing around him ever since then. Yeah, he could be. That could be a little spicy. We also got 21 year old Albert. Kronbeck is another, I butchered that name, I think, but yeah, another possibly desired person. Um, I think the key to Bodo Glimt, in addition to their youth development that they've yeah. clearly devoted a lot of time and money to, is Kitil Knudsen, the manager. He took over in 2018 and then pretty quickly took them from a mid-table, historically kind of competing around their team, to right to the top of the league. And he's got a really, like, pragmatic approach in the Carlo Ancelotti style of the word in that he'll adapt his game a little bit to fit who he's playing not just he's not just super defensive like people associate with that term they're also one of the better pressing teams I've seen for a team in nor at the Norwegian level or in a league like that that was key in their ability to upset Roma last year so I think that their pressing style and their ability to adapt to opponents that Knudsen has could definitely pose problems to teams like Arsenal or PSV who are just not used to teams being so ready to play them. I think mm-hmm. in European competition, obviously in league, you're ready because right. you see them every week. But Yeah. So, yeah, I think they'll be, overall, I think they'll be a challenge to play, especially um, in Norway. But I think, I don't want to get too swept up in their, like, conference league performances last season. Um, and I still think they're significantly weaker than PSV. Um, speaking of significantly weaker, <laughs> fucking Zurich sucks right now, man. So they oh, won the league, as we mentioned last year, um, which is a big deal because it's been a little while since they did. Um, and now they have two points through six games. Um, they are desperate for goals. Um, makes sense because they lost Cisse to Lecce, which we've also talked about yeah. in recent yeah. pods. He was their um, main goal scorer last year. and Yeah. Um, so far, through six league games, scored three, uh, and they've conceded... 14. So, that's bad. Uh, they're at the very rock bottom of the league. Uh, to be fair, they are 4th in XG. Um, so, uh, and then 10th in goals per match. So, it seems like um, maybe they've either just been a little unlucky in front of goal, or they're struggling to find somebody who can fucking finish these chances, a la Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they just can't put them in right now. But also, 14 conceded is a lot. Yes. Um, so nothing's really going well for them. Um, and it's... Nyoto hasn't been sold yet. Um, it doesn't look like he will be. Which so, is also something that might not necessarily be a good thing for Zurich. I mean, it'll help them in this competition. But he can leave on a free at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of potential money that they could lose out on. See or if they look to 
getting something in January, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is. I think this is going to be tough for them. Like maybe, you know, one or two results at home. Um, I don't see this going great for them the way they are in. I'd be surprised if the manager lasts long. Um, yeah, it's looking bad for them. Yeah, I think they have a couple good players. Obviously, we've touched on Nanto a lot in this podcast because I love him. And Chike Conde is a pretty good midfielder. He's only 20, so he could be one to watch out for. But I think when you're watching Zurich, what you're mostly looking for is who are some players that are kind of impressing me on an individual level. This team should not be doing much in this group. It's a tough group for them. Yeah, they do really well to finish third and continue Europe, I think. Um, Which is too bad to say because if this was last year, I think they'd have a real chance to be in the mix but anyway should we do let's predict yeah we want to let's fucking do it i think we probably agree on who's going to top it's gonna be arsenal it's gonna be arsenal it's gonna be arsenal um and for me psv is a close-ish second to arsenal um which you don't agree with i don't agree with i was looking at the calendar of the games and i saw that psv have to go to bodo glimp in november and i think that could be the big difference I guess. Is that Bodo glimped in November is very, 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 very cold. That's just a game, though, you know? they get If you get six points against Zurich, you beat Bodo at home, you already got nine points. Yeah, but this is assuming Bodo also beats Zurich. I don't think they'll beat Zurich twice. I think... I think they'll I think they'll drop points on the road in Zurich. I mean, I can see it happening. I felt like I, one, needed an upset pick in yeah. one of the groups. And also, I do buy in a little bit to the Bodo magic. I think uh-huh. the approach that they have is worked really well in Europe and I could see it working again I'm also not entirely convinced of PSV in Europe this season I was really disappointed against them in Rangers and against them when they played Rangers with yeah. them when they played I mean, they, I still think like yeah they were a little disappointing but it was only in that one like they played well at Ibrox and should have won that game instead of drawing and they frankly should have won the home game too and they deservedly went through against Monaco I think I agree um, they deserve to go through this. So they I just are a better team than Bodo Glimt. But yeah, I'm not reading too A little I, bit of this is just me buying into the magic yeah. that Bodo I has. can't see it this year with the results at Key and Linfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I think, also, it's just a really tough group as yeah. well. Uh, and then we both have Zurich. Zurich last. at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, let's fucking move on to Group B. Yeah. Um, where totally we have... Necessary swearing there as well. Fucking so. A, bro. We have Dinamo Kiev. We have Ren, we have Fenerbahce, and AEK Lanarka. Ooh, fun. Um, yeah, we should, let's let's start with Kiev, I guess, because they're the highest uh, coefficient team here, which is yeah. interesting. Um, what do we, what do we want to say about Kiev? Um, I do. I'm worried about Kiev in Europe because they're not playing in Ukraine in Europe, but they yeah. still have to play in Ukraine. In the league, so yeah, every single week they're having to travel to at least Warsaw, which you know it's not the furthest place from them in the world where they are playing in Ukraine, mm-hmm. but it's still a bit of a travel. Yeah, and that's got to wear on legs a little bit, and definitely going to impact their league form if anything. And they really haven't played much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they lost to Duny Pro um, in their first league game, three nil. Which, you know, you don't want to read too much into these kind of things, but Dini Pro did get manhandled by Lenarka uh, a week ago and two weeks ago. So that's not a great sign. Um, you know, they're pretty comfortably beaten by Benfica, who granted is a very strong team um, and may well top this group if they're in it. <laughs> uh, but I, I just worry about them, the toll of everything that's going on and, um, you know, losing a bunch of international players. Um, without being able to bring anybody in. I, I'd just be surprised if they were able to offer much in this group, which is too bad, because normally you'd say they're right in the comp, you know, in the race for the top two here. But it's just really hard to say until we actually see them play. Um, so hopefully I'm wrong, but yeah. Um, let's move on to Ren. The um, top two team. Who we both, I think, I agree are going to top this group. Yes. Um... Ren are just pretty fun right now. They're, like, super awesome. Yeah. They're just, like, cool, bro. They're fun, too. They're just, like, cool, bro. Um, yeah, I think uh, this year I have Ren as a possible Champions League contender for those top, one of those top three spots, or maybe just outside mm-hmm. in France. Um, 
They're they're off to kind of a mess start, but not like terrible. Um, yeah, they're sitting in still sitting in six yeah, right now with and it's early. seven points through yeah, five it's games. Early. So it's not not terrible. Yeah, they haven't gotten off to like a long start, but mm-hmm. uh, who have thirteen points, which is yes. impressive. Um, but I think they're still one of the more exciting teams. Um, obviously, when every time we're talking about French teams, you got to talk about the youth. Yes. One of my favorite players who uh, really won me over with his performance in the Euros a couple years ago was Jeremy Doku. Mm-hmm. So fast. Such a great dribbler. If he's healthy, which has been a question mark He is for him, the dribbliest boy. Shout out JJ Bull of wow. Tifo. He's the Alan St. Maxim of League Up. He is so good. Do you want to hear a fun, successful dribble stat? Yes. This is some really good uh, advanced stats for you guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. This is a proof. This is a real thing that I that we do here. So, so far in these first league games that they played, his successful dribbles per ninety seven point six. Next highest on the team two point three. Wow. He is the dribbliest boy. Last year, and, and uh, for more reference, last year uh, his teammate Kamaldine Sulemana won the French league's dribbliest boy um, at. 4.8 per 90. So, um, Some pace almost double that number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that won't last, won't but, last. You know, but that's pretty fucking incredible. He's dribbling like a motherfucker. It's a high-ass number. Especially because um, at the start of the year, he hasn't started all the games. Yeah. He's mostly been used as a sub, and mm-hmm. I think that'll change as we go through the year. He's obviously coming back from a few injuries last year, so the per 90 numbers will drop. Yeah. but And it's a such small crazy. sample size through six games. but um, And, uh, of course... Ren, as they do every year, have to come to terms with losing players. Mm-hmm. Um, this year they lost Mateus Tell to Bayern for 20 mil. Um, he just scored uh, against a terrible team in the Pokal yesterday. Um, then Nayef Aguerd, Aguerd, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, the defender. He's a good defender, West Ham yeah, bought him for, for 38 million. Shows a lot. Was a lot. Huge profit on that, yeah, too. Because they bought him for 4.5 two years Oof. ago. That's classic. That is some good business right there. Yeah. In addition to selling, though, they actually bought players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty crazy for a I French know. team to spend real money because it wasn't just... It wasn't like $4 million mm-hmm. for, you know, a young Neif Aguerd. It was Arno Calamiendo from PSG. $22 million. Granted, he is still a kid. He's 20. Yes. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's a statement of intent, you feel. But one of the things I really like to about actually their challenge is they actually went out and replaced the players they sold. So, right. Window can play a similar role to Tell, I think. And Teatra from Bologna, who they got for not that much. Is that how you pronounce it? Teatra? Yeah. Teatra. 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 I'm pretty sure I just, oh, left, I I think I just left the R oh, okay. out on typo, but he was I was going to say feet. <laughs> he was really, really good for Bologna last year. One of their better players. and I Very think cool. You know, his hair is really nice. Oh, what's it like? It's, uh, kind of, what's it, Guendouzi on Arsenal, who had, formerly of Arsenal, has yes. the big... Marseille now. Yes, has the big uh, kind of curly hair. Yeah, he's got the Very fro. like that. Okay. But Teatra puts it up in a little, like, ponytail last uh-huh. thing. The so, white fro? Yeah. Uh, cut that, cut that, cut that. He's so explosive as a player. He's really recovers well if he's beaten because of that, and he can overpower even the biggest center backs. I think okay. his physical attributes in Ligue 1 will blow away a lot of players that just aren't used to that style of defender Cool in the league, so he's a huge signing for them. That's fun. Um, they're another center back pairing for him, another team member. Joe Rodan, uh, the Welshman Spurs uh, Loney. actually like Joe Rodan. Um, I kind of wish he was in the team instead of Davinson Sanchez, because Davinson Sanchez, every time he is pressed in, in his own third he scares the shit out of me including multiple times in at west ham the other day um also brought in steve Mand- mandana on a free i think i meant to say bandanda mandanda mandanda yeah, yeah. who's the, you know the old head of marseille he's like 30 i have his jersey he's 35 maybe he's old mm-hmm. and he you know he's a bunch of national team caps um he's an old head i used to really like him he's uh probably think the second jersey i ever bought yeah he was steve like mandanda, the french number two for marseille a while goal, yeah yeah i like him um, uh, Martin Terrier or Terrier, um, good player uh, for them has been linked with United, um, but who hasn't been? Yeah, everyone has uh, been. But for but it looks like they're gonna hold on to him. I think at the time of recording, uh, their captain is right back Kamari Traore. He's been linked with Barca. <laughs> um, I think they're really desperate for a backup. 
I'm going to live check and make sure he didn't go far. No, no, no. Those are just videos. Those okay. are people who post these highlight videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Looks uh, like he's still Looks there. like he's still on uh, for still reference, on We're recording this in the middle of deadline day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Things could change in the next six hours when the window closes. But I think the uh, German window has shut. Okay. Phew. So the Italians are still open for another hour, Spanish and English for a while. The du- yeah, the Dutch, the Dutch, the English close at 6 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern. which is 11 p.m. English, English time. time. Yeah. The Dutch closed yesterday, actually. They were the GMT, one of the earliest leagues. GMT? Mm-hmm. Grand Meridian time is GMT, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. British. Yeah, it's British. Um, Geography Love facts, that Grand like Meridian. Thursday. It's Great Meridian. One of the grandest. Um, uh, another guy, Serhu... Guirassi is on Everton's shortlist, but I think he's staying too. We're going to double check that uh, while I'm talking to you. Check that, check that, check that, check that. Um, I Basically, how do the French teams handle all this shit? When like every player on your team, every starter, is being um, is being poked around from from other leagues, like, and you don't know which ones are staying or going. How do you how do you like know how to have replacements? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. The scouting for French teams has to be unbelievable, incredible. Yeah, you, you know they, they always have, have to have a replacement. And... Like it's kind of wild. It's not just other leagues too. PSG, if they want a player, they're just gonna take them. Yeah. You Can know? you imagine what it was like? What it would be like if you were a fan of these teams and like you're, you have all these you fun, form an attachment a to a player and he's awesome twenty year old and then by twenty two he's gone. Yeah. Um, but you don't seem to get any worse or better. <laughs> you somehow stay at a very similar same. level. Yeah. It's so weird. Um. Anyway. Do you have anything else to say about Ren? They're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're kind of fun. a decent bit about them. Should we move on to yeah. Fenerbahce? Let's do Fenerbahce. Um, yeah, so I believe at least in their first match, I don't know for how many matches, but they're going to get a partial closing uh, of at least some fan, some members of the crowd. Um, it's not going to be a full stadium because last or a week ago they did some Putin Putin chants. Um, That'll really Kiev help. in the on the pitch, which is, you know, what do you need to say? I don't need to say. I think we all know how we feel about that. That really helped Turkey's chances of joining the EU. Yeah, that's pretty disgraceful. Um, I don't know how big of a closing, but anyway, uh, not the player's fault. Speaking of, um, uh, it's a real who's who of who was where and why in the Turkish league. Yes. Um, we have Cagliari legend Joao Pedro. Absolute talisman for Cagliari. Italian national team legend. The <laughs> drag them out of the World Cup. <laughs> uh, we have Watford legend Joshua King. Diego Rossi, LAFC legend. Like, unironically, though, he is actually yeah, probably. <laughs> probably a legend there. Um, and uh, Alioski, formerly of Leeds. The, I believe he's North Macedonian. Um, I don't think you want to hear too much about North Macedonians, but... I still have a little trauma. I'm still a little bitter. Uh, so that's some fun, like, what, they're they're a Fenerbahce? Um, and then Enter Valencia um, has six goals in three league matches already up front, which is, uh, in a hilariously small sample size, is 2.43 goals per 90. Uh, <laughs> um, he almost has as many goals total this year as he did last season in the league, which was seven. We did... Uh... <laughs> We did put these notes down before their game on Monday mm-hmm. when they played Konyaspor, but it didn't really impact Enervalesia's goals per 90 because he only played 24 minutes before he got a red card. Oh, nice. So, that's you dope. Know, that stat's probably still pretty accurate. That's dope. That's dope. Um, anyway, they, they have a guy named Blinken who's like their big chances creator, uh, assist guy, and their dribbliest boy is a guy named Emery Moore. Um, um, another who's who of who's, who's where, who's where and how. Um, yeah, he was... Former wonder kid at Dortmund that just never really was he really yeah never really made it but used to be a bit of a FIFA and football manager wonder kid that people wow. are really hyped about Emre more more like Emre less ah, am I right there we unless go. he's on the ball in which yes. case more he'll dribble pretty well more Emre more yeah I think um, their their midfield is really good and I think that could be something that helps them in this group mm-hmm. I mean we talked about Moore's dribbling ability and Lincoln on the left wing typically in the kind of midfield five. He's obviously a very good player, creates a ton for them. So I think that's if they do well in this group, I think it'll come down to their midfield. But all right, um, AK Lenarca, a pod favorite um, of Cyprus, um, runners up in the league last year, I believe. Um, you know, I don't know if 
at least when I wrote this down a couple of days ago, they had not yet played a league game. Now I believe they've played one. Yes. Um, they drew. They drew. With Doxter. Okay, not a great result. Not a great result. Um, they, but they've been really good in Europe so far in the qualifiers. Um, they didn't lose a game in the qualifiers other than uh, going out on pens to Michelin, mm-hmm. which again, no shame in that. Um, they have only kept one clean sheet. Um, but they, uh, I trailed off. What were we going to talk about? I think, uh, just point out some of the key players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. That's what I meant to say. Trukovsky, I'm leaving that in. he scored double-digit goals in each of the last six seasons, but he's also 35. So I think that's a big <laughs> question mark Yeah. for them. Although, we know Cypriot League has a tendency for older players. So maybe... The, being in Cyprus keeps them young. You know, you're eating all that oil-based diet, and it's really <laughs> but, revitalizing for but players. But it could be hard. He's not going to be able to play, you know, on a Sunday and a Thursday. Every yeah, week. He won't be able to play 90 minutes twice a week. So they might mm. that might be a case of a little bit of sacrifice in the league. Um, or sacrifice in Europe. Maybe they prioritize Yeah, maybe they're the like, fuck Europe. Say, we, don't, like, we don't like being in Europe. Maybe they start <laughs> off poorly and... Think okay, maybe this is a lost cause, and I doubt that. Well, I agree. I doubt uh, that. But I actually think AK is going to be pretty competitive in this group. Um, this is this is this is part of what's fun about doing this now is that if I'd seen this last year, knowing nothing about AK, I'd be like, oh, they fucking suck. Like they're going to finish last in this group, which they still could. But uh, we both have them in third. Yep. Um, because we've seen them, you know, well, be I'm pretty competitive. Be updating my predictions. Okay. Live. As okay. We do this, cool. So. Because yeah, David has no conviction. Third, yes. David has no conviction. I'm like Brett Favre. Uh, he's just a coward. All over yeah, the place. He's a coward. Um, but anyway, uh, they they have a Spanish manager and a bunch of Spanish players. Um, they brought in another old ass guy from uh, who named Oyer, 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 Oyer. I think it's Oyer. French, Spanish, Spanish. Okay. Uh, three hundred twenty seven caps for Osasuna. It's a lot of caps. It's a lot of caps, and uh, I'm I'm guessing because of their Spanish manager and their few sprinkling of players that they like a little bit of technique, a little technical. I think we've seen technique. that yeah. um, so far. You know, they're not... you got to use some good technique. They're not the Barrow Salona or anything, yeah. but Lenarca Salona. But, you know, I think they can play a little more than I think the average viewer will realize, and that's why I'm picking them to finish third in the group and keeping their European journey alive. Wow. Do you want to point out one of the uh, exciting games of this group that... Could get a little testy. Is Fenerbahce, who we know have some connections to pro Turkish nationalism groups. Uh, not all their fans, obviously. It's, every team in Turkey is going to have connections to a pro Turkish nationalist group. But going to Cyprus, that could be pretty tense. Plus, uh, as you pointed out, uh, Kiev did already beat Fenerbahce in the Champions League qualifying oh, rounds, yes. and that was when the Putin chance occurred. I was. Incorrect. I misspoke when I said it was last week. That was in the champ. It was in the in the qualifying Champions rounds. League qualifying rounds. Um, which makes this is another reason I'm. This group is a little weird because like Kiev beat Fenerbahce, but Kiev lost to Dini Pru, who lost badly to AEK. <laughs> like it's just like yeah, a weird. Yeah. Like I don't really know quite what's in AEK this group. I think it's just harder. One of the harder ones to predict. Part of why it felt really easy to put Ren in first because they're the only team I felt like where we kind of know that they're good. Mm-hmm. At this level. Yeah. Um, and so this could be a total crapshoot, but my prediction, Ren, Fenerbahce, AEK, Kiev. Okay, my predictions are Ren, AEK, Kiev, and then Fenerbahce. You have AEK in second. I love I that. I do. I love that. Yeah, it is hard to say. The Turkish teams, you never fucking know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fenerbahce had kind of a wild summer. Yeah, uh, I also I'm a little worried about the average age of the Fenerbahce side. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of older players that they're relying on yeah, but, to provide solid minutes, and I think that could backfire. Yeah, God forbid, you know, AEK also start a 36 and 35 year old. But, yeah, but I feel like with yeah. AEK, it's something that they're used to and something that they sure. know how to handle because that's what you do in Cyprus is you have these older teams and Turkish teams skew to players that are in their normal prime ages. Uh-huh. So I'm a little worried about whether they'll be able to handle the age as well as AEKR. Yeah. I also just don't really like Fenerbahce for some reason. I'm just anti-them. Cool. So that's part of the reason. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's move on to Group C, C. which features Roma, Ludogorets, Real Betis, and HJK. This group seems like 
two separate battles for positioning. Like Roma Betis fighting for first and HEK and Ludigrets fighting for third. Do you agree with Roma who defending conference league champions and we'll probably be hoping not to, to have it? the opportunity yeah. to defend that title. Uh-huh. I think they're probably the favorites to win this group. But you know that Betis is still a very good team so I won't just chalk Betis it up. Betis are off to a great start which we'll touch on yes. soon. Um Jose Mourinho, obviously the manager of Roma, very uh, divisive manager. Some people have very strong opinions divisive about even. him. Dismissive, even. Uh, Jose? My name is Jose. He's not playing his typical uber-defensive style with Roma. They actually played a lot of kind of yeah. also the wall kind totally of stuff. not equipped for it, are they? Mm-mm. No, their back line is probably one of the weak points of this team. Don't talk about Chris Smalling that way. <laughs> Smalling is a solid He's player. actually been good, hasn't he's he? He's actually just a, he's a solid player. He's, he's a good signing for them. Better than Harry Maguire. Yeah. I actually, I don't <laughs> dislike their back line because Smalling is solid but unspectacular. Mancini is legitimately a very, very good center back, but he's also just insane. <laughs> like, there, he could do anything at any time, and you never know. If he's trying to be like a little Pepe uh-huh. or Sergio Ramos oh, where God. he's going to pick up random red cards yeah. every once in a while. So that's something to keep an eye out for is if he picks up a random red card. Um, but they really updated the attack this summer by bringing in Paulo Dybala and Andre Belotti. As much, Belotti will probably be a backup to Tammy Abraham, who has been really good. It's a good backup. Over from Chelsea. Yeah, it's a great backup. And it, Especially in Europe. I think it also allows them to, late in the game, if maybe Dybala or Zaniolo need to come off, which... For Zaniolo, will probably happen more often than not since he's very injury prone. Mm-hmm. It gives you the opportunity to switch around formation. I think Tammy and Belotti could play together. Yeah, and like a three-five-two well. or a four-four-two, even depending on you know if they're chasing the game. Yep. Or God uh, forbid, Jose goes with a four-two-two-two. I actually think a three-five-two could work really well with a player like the ball. Yeah, don't they? But don't they play them. back three sometimes? Or they, is it, they, they usually, usually use, in a four. They usually use a back three. It's usually a three-four. Yeah. Three, four, three, three. four, two, one. Yeah, I yeah. think would be the best way to categorize it. Yeah. I was really worried about the Dabala Zaniolo combo when mm-hmm. they joined because I think they kind of mirror each other in the terms terms of the space they'll occupy and the passes they'll try to make just on opposite sides of the field. Mm-hmm. But they've meshed really, really well, and Rome have already started off decently. So um, they also use their wingbacks really well to take up space and kind of invert with Dybala and Zaniolo when one of them drifts wide. Karsdorf and Spinazzola are really good at getting forward and really attacking. So that's a... I hate so much that Jose is using creative tactics now. Yeah. For the first time in like 15 years. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you're such a dick. Why did you have Tottenham play in like fucking Burnley for two (laughs) years with some of the most exciting players in the league? Fuck you, Jose. Sorry, Jose. Um, Real Betis are fun. Um, yeah. I think the Roma Betis names will be high on my watch list this fall. Oh, definitely. Because um, they could get kind of chaotic. Betis, you know, won their first trophy since 2006 in the League Cup um, and finished uh, fifth. They were in the top four for a while um, last year. Really solid season. And they actually got pretty aggressive this summer. They signed a bunch of players. However, they had trouble uh and extended contracts uh but like barcelona similarly they had trouble with the la liga rules registering a bunch of players um just like a couple of days ago it was much more dire but they have managed to register luis enrique uh joaquin thank god their literal club legend not sarcasm this time andres guardado uh, uh but they have yet to sign new signing william jose um and who they got from Sociedad for $9 million and Claudio Bravo. Um, so I don't know uh, what the, what, how that's going to play out. You'd assume they'd at least find a way to get William Jose, Jose in there or Jose. Um, but, you know, despite that drama, they are off to a perfect league start at the time of recording. That is before, that's three wins from three. That's before they go to the Bernabeu this weekend. So maybe that won't continue. Um, but I think they're in a good position to generally finish where they did last year, five to seven range. Um, they're just like a good, solid club right now. It's kind of fun that for them to have some consistency, um, you know, they're a club that you feel like the neutral should want to do well, you know, because they're such a huge club. They're, you know, they have some like Chicago Cubs energy to me. Like they're historically bad, 
but they have really loyal and widespread fans <laughs> in the yeah. country. Your ability to connect teams to, to make everything the, the Chicago Cubs, Cubs is <laughs> really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the Cubs of Spain, you know. Um, uh, so uh, this summer, like I mentioned, they brought in William Jose. Uh, they brought in Luis Henrique from Fluminense. He's twenty-one year old. Um, spent eight million on him. They brought in. Luis Felipe as well from Lazio on a free. That's a pretty good signing. Lovely think, signing yeah. for them. Um, he's, uh, according to Transfermarkt, one of their highest value players. Um, that does not surprise me. He's no. a Brazilian-born Italian international. You just said a lot of good words, I guess, those except are, for Italian. Those are two um, things that you want to connect your club to. <laughs> uh, so, mentioned Joaquin. He has over 300 Betsy's caps. Um, he's like 41 or something. He's like, he's like arguably the most famous player in the club's history. He's like a, you know, he was from the academy. He left for a while, came back. Um, he was there in both 2006 and last year in their last two Copa del Rey triumphs. Yeah, the videos of him with the trophy are Yeah, and doing so naked pictures and stuff. He's yeah. got like, he represents the the Sevillians um, in a way that I think they is pretty special. Um, uh, Fakir is obviously their big guy, um, their star um, up front, but... Borja Iglesias is also off to a great start this season alongside him. Four goals in the first three games. Um, up at the top of the league with, uh, with who is it? I forget. Oh, with, uh, with uh, Lewandowski. Um, that was predictable. Yeah, William Carvalho, 130-plus caps, the Portuguese international. He's rock solid. Uh, Juan Mia is pretty good. Aitor Ruibal is pretty good. Alex Moreno is pretty good. Uh, Guido Rodriguez is pretty good. They just have a lot of guys that are like, Pretty good. Um, for our Mexican fans out there, Andres Guardado, which I just pronounced correctly because I'm awesome and not pretentious. Um, and uh, Diego Lainez is, is owned by Betis, also the fun young Mexican international, but he's been loaned out to uh, a team we're going to talk about later. Ooh, a little mm-hmm. bit of foreshadowing there. They also have a guy that doesn't play called Moron. That's um, just good old That's good fun. content. That's it's good fun. content. Um, I do think the, the key to this matchup in the fight for first place will be Roma's ability to contain guys like Fekir and Iglesias with their back line mm-hmm. and I mean whether Mancini gets a red card will obviously play a big factor yeah. into that yeah but... indeed um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Betis and Roma like kind of split their, their games head to head just because it's, it's like Roma seems like a team that wouldn't push for a winner if they were probably going to finish first anyway. I think it will probably come down to whether who like fucks up and drops points at Ludogorets and HJK Helsinki, yeah. or who has the better goal difference in those games. Even. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of the other two teams, should we do yeah. a little bit about them? Yeah. Ludogorets. Do you know anything about Ludogorets? They're Bulgarian. They absolutely dominate the league, though, right? Like, Eleven straight 11 league straight titles, um, and yet they've only won the cup twice in that span. <sighs> Um, I think also they are a newer. They didn't win the league until like eleven or something, and then they've won every one since. Okay. Um, I don't know what that's about, but uh, yeah. So they only won twice in that span. They have a guy named Rick, just Rick, the Brazilian. Rick. Oh, love, He's pretty. That's pretty great, right? Love when Brazilians pick the weirdest American mm. style name, or I guess yeah. English style names like right. Rick, Fred, Rick. Um, they have a bunch of Brazilians. Uh, they have a 21-year-old Brazilian named Thiago Rodriguez, who has two goals, three assists, and four league matches. Uh, another guy, Cauli Oliveira Sousa, three goals in five from the midfield um, outside of the South Americans. 24-year-old Ghanaian named Bernard Tecpeti has four goals in six. So basically, they've just been smacking in goals so far. Um, so those are some of their players. I don't know fuck all about them uh, otherwise. Um, they're a little hard to find like actual stats about, yeah. um, so you know we'll find out more in and the coming weeks. They've had some decent European performances before. They've been uh-huh. in Champions League groups twice. Yeah. Uh, they've made the Europa League round of sixteen and round of thirty-two before. They've made the round of thirty-two three times. Yeah, they're pretty legit. But a lot of those came in kind of the mid-teens, and I think since then they've mm-hmm. kind of stagnated, and the league hasn't really progressed at all. So it might be. Kind yeah, of and they barely got through the Zalgiris tie. Yep. Um, only winning an extra time, I think. Yeah. yeah. So. On a rather controversial penalty, too. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if that. Yeah, that was extra time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that but that could have gone either way. So we'll see. Um, I still think they're better than Helsinki, <laughs> um, who uh, are 
behind. Uh, are they still behind? They were as of like Monday. I don't know if they played midweek, but they're behind Cups, the other big uh, Finnish team. Um, oh, Honka, Honka are playing right now. That's our Honka, 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 Honka. Just jumped both those okay. teams, but Honka we'll have, the game will have played yeah. an extra game. Okay, this goes final. Uh, so basically, Cups are right up there, uh, tied on points with, uh, with. Uh, cups uh, with Honka <laughs> right behind him. Uh, so it's a tight league uh, uh, finish. It's going down to the wire in Finland. And there's only two weeks left to the playoffs mm. to start there, which yeah. will probably, I think it's, it might be, I'm pretty sure it is guaranteed now that it's HJK, Honka, and Cups will be in the playoffs. Yeah. So They all play each other twice or what? I believe so. Something like that? Something. Uh, who gives a shit? No I don't know the family. details of the Finnish uh, It's not a real country. <laughs> Sorry, Finns. It doesn't uh, exist. Are all our Finn listeners out there. Uh, which, which are none because it's not a real country. It's not a real country, says David. Uh, it is the mo- HK are the most successful Finnish club. Um, I, I tried to find some things about players. Um, Transfer mark lists only one single player of theirs with a market value over a million, and that is Malik Abu Bakari, who's a Ghanaian, formerly of Malmo, 22. Those are no, those are all facts. Those are facts. Straight are facts. facts. Uh, apparently, they also play on artificial turf, which uh, their captain Miro Tenno, Finnish international, uh, says is an advantage for them uh, because it's quote totally different from normal grass, and that's how they're going to pick up points. I think what he's failing to consider though is that he has to play on grass when they go anywhere else. <laughs> so, so sure, I guess. Um, I guess they're taking. I guess they're throwing it all in, uh, getting results at home, which fair enough. Which yeah, when you're a team playing in Europe from Finland, you know. uh, but it high- is it is a little ironic that even the pitch in HJK isn't real, much like the country <laughs> of Finland. When I was in high school, I loved playing on. Uh, I loved playing on artificial pitches because the ones in the city, uh, especially on the south side where I was, were like mostly dirt. So it was pretty exciting for me to actually get to play on something where I could pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, they also like they're already, they're already winning by being here because they're getting three point five million um, uh, participation, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is cups. No, it's no, not. It's HJK. It's HJK. It could help them, you know, get an edge on cups in the next next league couple season, of years. Yeah. yeah uh, without extra cash, since you know none of their players are worth a million dollars. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen in this league? I think, like I said, it's going to be probably two different battles. I think the battle for first between Roma and Batiste. I think Roma are more likely to score like four or five goals in a game than Batiste are. At this point, I think Jose, with this current Roma squad, is more likely to just destroy a team than Batiste will be. So I think Roma are going to go first on goal difference. Oh. That's what I think it'll come down to. So I think prediction. they'll both win all their games against Ludogorets and HJK, uh-huh. split their games against each other, or maybe two draws, something yeah. like that, and then Roma go through just because I think that they're more likely to beat the crap out of somebody than Betis are. And then I have Ludogorets in third because I think they're just a little bit better than yeah. HJK, um, and HJK coming last. I have exactly the same. I don't really have any reasons to back up Roma over Betis. I just think just that's bias. what's going to happen. I just think they're maybe slightly stronger but I, vibes just are, feels right vibes are it feels right yeah. um so this is a really fun group coming up next in group d we have braga we have malmo Ooh. we have union berlin Ooh. and we have union saint joan saint jilwiz jilwaz jilwazi jilwaz union sg let's just go with union sg, SG. Uh, two unions, yeah. two unions. What if you union the unions and they got to play together? That would probably be wow, a very similar team to the Union Berlin team. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It would probably be of similar quality. Yes, probably um, just be the Union Berlin yeah. team. <laughs> uh, I'll start with Braga. Yeah. Um, so they've beaten up shitty opponents in the league so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drew with Sporting three three also. Uh, other than that, they haven't really been tested at the league level, um, so their stats are a little bit skewed because we're playing shitty teams. 
They did beat Bournemouth and Kilda Vigo in preseason. Mm, because we should always read into preseason performance. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, uh, uh, it shows Stefan you where they Simic are. Simic is still Milan's best defender. better than those two. <laughs> probably. Uh, probably doesn't mean anything, no. Um, so, Simon Banza is a big deal for them. They paid $5 million from him from Lons. Uh, and he's got five goals in four games One. so far. In good the start. It's a very good start. Uh, their captain is Ricardo Orta. He is one of their better players, left winger, Al Muzrati, uh, center mid, that's good, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, Orta's actually been there for like almost 300 caps. Oh, Joaquin-esque. Um, and remember when we mentioned Diego Lainez? This is who he's been loaned to. He's been loaned here, and he scored his first goal. You know what we call that, Max? We call that a Finagy. payoff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Mm. He'll be, of course, looking to get into the Mexican team before the World Cup, having not really played much for Betis. Um, but yeah, he scored his first goal recently, so that's nice for him. Um, I don't know what else to say about Braga. They're a good team. Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? Uh, Malmo? Yeah. Not having the best time over in the Swedish league. They are not. Ten points off the top right now. Not great. Yeah. Shut up, Sirius. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, they're 10 points off the top. They're not even in European spots right now. Yeah, and they're used to, you know, winning. <laughs> and they've been underperforming their XG a lot, so there's definitely some issues going on with the attack and yeah. actually finishing chances, which yeah. is if you're a team like Malmo playing against teams like Union Berlin and Braga, you need to finish your chances and you need to be clinical. Yeah. So if that remains an issue, their chances of getting out of this group are very, very weak. Yeah, unfortunately for them, they're despite being second in the league in XG, they're only sixth in goals scored, um, and it's exactly the same with XG conceded. So maybe they've been a little bit unlucky too, uh, with the combination of the two, or maybe they just can't score. Um, yeah, they have some. Uh, their leading goal scorer is Isaac Kisa Thielen, signed in March, and he's got seven goals in fourteen. That for him being the leading scorer in the league, I think sums up their troubles in front of goal. Yes. Um, they did lose their 23-year-old center back, Anel Ahmed, Ahmed Hodzic, to Sheffield. You nailed that. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, they got $5 million for him. Um, and uh, otherwise, Mustafa Zaidan has eight goals. Or, sorry, eight. Stop. Has uh, eight assists, three goals. Proving international, Sergio Pena is key in their midfield. He... Leads the team in accurate passes per 90, accurate long balls per 90 by a lot. And he also leads in expected assists and chances created. Um, so he would be key in, uh, in working, out, um, working out how to fucking get them to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, it seems like he's doing his job and nobody else is doing theirs. Yeah. Um, it's the issue with the great midfielders. You still need someone to finish those chances. So... If they can't find that guy, all his work kind of goes to naught. You know what the key to Group D is? Finishing. It's like this is a dick joke. Uh, yeah, I'm I funny. thought it was a Finland joke at first. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You know they're in Sweden, right? <laughs> like, not all the Scandinavian countries are the same. Uh, well, Union Berlin off to a much more successful start. Uh, granted, they haven't been playing all summer. Uh, but they are off to a three-win, one-draw, no-loss start. This is, again, before they go to Bayern <laughs> this weekend. A matchup they'll probably win. Yeah, but if anyone, to be fair, if anyone in Germany can give Bayern a game right now, I think it's Union because of the way they play, unlike most other teams in Germany that uh, try to press and run around with Bayern. They will sit back in a really deep block, put 11 guys behind the ball, and defend the shit out of their box. And then break cleverly on the counterattack. They will probably have 25% of the ball in this game. And they're okay with that. Um, they don't often win uh, possession battles. Um, they're, you know, one of the lower teams in the Bundesliga uh, for possessing the ball. And they don't care. It's a really clever way of playing. Um, in Germany, just because, like, nobody else tries it, yes. it seems like. Uh, nobody really knows what to do with a low block. Um, that said, they've been playing... And scoring really freely recently. Um, in addition to their great defense, uh, they have the second most goals through four games with 11. Um, obviously, because um, of their play style, pretty early XG, to say. Though, 
yeah. is very low. So it's kind of the reverse low. of Malmo, where right. it's a team that is very clinical and doesn't take a ton of chances, but they'll still find the back of the net. They'll still score. And there's probably, you know, it's surely not going to last at that pace, and it's pro- they're overperforming and probably will take a slight step back in that result. But what is consistent is their d- defense. Um, they're... they're uh, um, yeah, their defense is super dominant. Um, last year, they were third best in the league with gold, uh, goals conceded per match and second best in XG conceded. Um, and uh, circling back to the offense, though, um, um, yeah, their XG only ranks 16th, which is kind of crazy, despite them scoring 11 goals. Um, 16, not, as not as in they, their XG is 16. They rank 16th of 18 Bundesliga teams. Um but, uh, yeah, so part of the reason for this offensive output um, seemed like they might take a step back, selling Teo Awoni to Forrest for 22-plus million, uh, but they just brought in a really competent replacement, and as he's known in the U.S., Jordan Pifak, as he's known in Europe, Jordan Sibetu. Um, we'll just call him Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that that um, seems better. It's literally how he's listed on transfer marks. Yes. Uh, he's got two goals and two assists in four league games already, so he's fit right into that role. Um, he had 20-plus for young boys last season. So. And he scored against big teams, too, when he, he was playing in the Champions League, scored against United. So, so a winner against United. Um, so he's not just someone who's Swiss League level. He's shown he can yeah. do it at a higher level than that. Uh, the bi- uh, But the biggest reason, so far, the best performer has been Geraldo Becker, mm. um, who are the Surinamese already has four goals and two assists, and he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, he's been ripping up the league so far. Um, and other teams they brought in, they brought in Diogo Leite, the center back from Porto, um, which is a nice move from them. Um, he's on loan. Martin Thorsby from Sampdoria. Um, I and Jamie Lueling from Firth, who is 21, I think a bit of a project. Uh, Thorsby was only like three or four million. Yeah, that was one of the moves that surprised fee. me. You know, I mean, what a steal. Yeah. Sampdoria have not done a great job this window, in my no. opinion. But Thorsby was a huge loss. I mean, he's a great player. He was really key to them putting in a mid-table performance last year. And he's already gotten in three of the games for Union Berlin, so I think he'll be a key piece as well. That's cool. Uh, Talk <laughs> about the other Union? Uh, yeah, I just want to say really quick, though, that uh, Union really struggled in their conference league group last year. They finished third in a group like they should have probably done better on paper. Um, but it was their first experience in Europe. Um and they've only gotten stronger. Um, people keep saying they're going to take a step back. They never do. <laughs> um, they're the big team in Berlin now. So on one hand, they are. Uh, on one hand, they're like, can they cope at a higher level than they've played before in Europe? Um, but I think backing their form right now and the little bit of experience they got, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do well. Um, but we'll have to see. All right, can we move on to the other Union teams, yeah. so they're kind of an interesting team to be in Europe. They're not a historic European level team. In David, Belgium. they've won a ton of titles. Yeah, and when was the last title, Max? Uh, 1935. Yeah. <laughs> we all know the epitome of soccer was 1920s and 30s. So it was. It's, it's all been downhill. That's why Genoa is still the best team in the world. Uh, Uruguay national team, but sure. Okay. Uh, well, I don't want to compare club and country. Sure. Um, yeah, so they were like a, the big surprise the last couple of years in Belgium. Last year they finished second, and they were in first for a while uh, before they were eventually caught. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't really know what to expect from them. They've had sort of a tepid start. Six goals, six conceded so far yeah, in the league. To replace Undav, who... Returned to Denis Brighton. Denis Undav? Denis Undav. He, he returned to Brighton, but is he still at Brighton? I don't know. I should have looked that up. Dude was looking it up while I was trying to talk. Uh, yeah, that could explain why they've only got six goals and five so far. Um, they also lost in the Champions League qualifiers on a really hard, big-time heartbreaker at Ibrox in the round before Rangers faced uh, PSV. Uh, they, they were up 2-0 after the first leg at home. Lost 3-0 um, late to Rangers. Just something about the, the magic of that ground right now. Um, so, you know, they're a capable team. They're a team that proved, I think, that they're close to that level of getting through those qualifiers. Um, and they did beat Anderlecht on the weekend. Which, that's a 
good team, so that's a good barometer it is a good level team. for them. Uh, their um, defensive record's really good. Yes. Much Which, like it could be a big Berlin. Yeah, could um, be a big thing for Europe as well as keeping out mm-hmm. good teams from back in net. Being right. able to pick up the point that maybe you shouldn't is right. really important to get out of these groups. Cause but one thing that I think is kind of interesting about this division and, and that might not actually benefit Union Berlin is that there are some teams that are capable of playing lower blocks um, and defending successfully. Um, I think Braga has potential to do that. St. Gilwa has potential to do that. Um, so it might not be as simple as Berlin just, like, you know, romping to first like they would in Germany. Um, but I think this is a really interesting group. I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I'm taking Union to win it. Fuck it. Which, I believe in magic. Do you believe in magic? Well, first I got to know which Union Berlin. you're Berlin. Okay. Berlin. Also, I have an update on Undav. He is still at Brighton. I know okay. he appeared once. Uh-huh. Uh, it turned out he actually appeared twice. Okay. I was wrong about that. But I thought they still might loan him out since he was primarily going to be used as Now a, that they've sold Mopai, they might... I wonder if they want him to, to be sort of Welbeck's backup. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's enough about Brighton until they're yes. obviously in the Europa League next year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have Union. I have Braga in second. I have USG in third going to the Conference League. And I have Malmo finishing rock fucking bottom. Alright. I have I, a similar... So I have Braga taking this, I think, you know, a team with a little more European experience at this level mm-hmm. than Union Berlin. Then Berlin second, San third, and Malmo rounding out the group. Yeah, this is a group I could see, you know, there are the groups where, like, one or two teams get a huge collection of points and, like, 15 points or whatever. I think this is going to be more in, like, the 8 to 10 range yes. where those where teams are kind of bunched up and Malmo has 3 or 4 <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah, but even then, 3 or 4 points is not terrible because it means you're getting results. Right. At least on a lo- at yeah. certain level. I think it's going to be a fun... This is one, one of my favorite groups mm-hmm. um, in all of Europe. Um, definitely a, a good hipster one. Yes. So uh, this is obviously a super long pod. Um, we're covering a lot of ground here today, so we're going to split it up into two parts. Um, the second part should be coming at you really quickly, um, same day, maybe a couple hours later. Um, so look out for that. Thanks for listening to part one, and we will see you soon.